I could just sing all night. I was thinking on the way, uh, well, getting ready this afternoon for the meeting, I was thinking about the song, because it's going to go with what I'm teaching on tonight, uh, Send the Light. You know, what a what a wonderful song, Send the Light. And uh, We were at a church once with Lester Summerall was the guest speaker, and, of course, he's been the great missionary from... <laughs> you know, just uh, his entire ministry, you know, from the early 30s uh, until he went and moved to heaven. But uh, he, he, we were in this church and they had done, they were, I call it the latest and greatest music, you know. So a guy like that gets up and says, does anybody sing something else here? You know, I mean, it just doesn't do anything for him. So uh, he asked, he asked, uh, he asked me if I could come to the organ or whatever, and I did, and we sang Send the Light. And so he loved that song. Amen. Send the light. Let its glorious beams light the world. Amen. And, uh, uh, you know, we have a, we have a, a, a great commission. I, I want to talk about the great commission tonight and, and actually, uh, some things that have just happened in the last, what, 48 hours. Uh, in our ministry and some prayers that we've been praying. We, you know, we, Scarlett and I, we want to be right in the center of God's perfect divine will. And, uh, and, uh, you might've heard Pat mention the fact that, and I don't want to get into the theology of this, you know, some argument, but, um, Pat Harrison, when she was here, mentioned the story about, uh, uh, I, I think she mentioned it. If it was not, it was Richard Drexler that had, uh, referred to it the story about uh brother uh the story about brother hagan um um when he was you know he was praying about his ministry and he didn't want to be gone about as as much as he was having to be i mean he was gone uh almost 300 days a year uh oral roberts the same and they just really gave their lives for evangelism and for the call of god on their lives and what God had called them to do. A lot of people don't realize that. And um, they just got mad and found out Oral wore $40 shirts and that they got stuck on that and couldn't get, couldn't give him credit for anything else. So that was just the way the church was. And, um, but, um, um, in that mentioning, uh, Aretha was, was just kind of upset because, you know, <laughs> Her husband's gone a lot on the road, and she was praying to the Lord about it, and the Lord said, you know, I could just take him home, and you wouldn't have him at all. You know, you you kind of have to make a choice. Okay, I don't want to get into a theological argument about that, but it's their testimony and their story, and there is a truth there that, uh, you know, it, it it's it your life becomes difficult if you kick against the will of God, and then you, you have it the way you want it, and... uh but there's always a blessing if you obey God. Amen. Yeah. And Royal Roberts always said, of course, she, she immediately said, no, Lord, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's all good here. You know, <laughs> don't take him forever. You know, <laughs> I'll share him with you. In other words, <laughs> amen. And sometimes we have to, in ministry, the folks we love, we have to be willing to share. Amen. And you're, you're this church and, and, uh, not everyone's here tonight, but, this church and those who have been here through the years have been so uh, willing. We, oh, we've had a few complainers, but so what? You know, big deal. But uh, been willing to share me 
and my ministry and calling with the world. And so uh, and it has to be like that, or I can't be the pastor here because um, that's just the way it is. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, you have to obey God. And, and, and if when, when we do, everything works beautifully. And when I don't, it don't work so beautifully. <laughs> it ain't so beautiful. So, uh, um, saying that, you know, we, we continue when we receive invitations and calls, send the light to, to bring the light, amen, to foreign places that we have to go. Sometimes we have to be gone, uh, you know, a little extra Sunday here and there and, and things we don't want to be gone. I, this is my favorite place to preach right here behind this pulpit amen. to you. Praise the Lord. But, um, but I have to obey God and go. And, and, you know, we've been praying, uh, for some time that God would send, uh, the team, uh, that can keep things moving along here when we're gone. And praise God, you know, we thank God for Dave and Michelle that can, uh, lead in worship and, and play the guitar and do many things and preach the gospel and teach and, and, uh, conduct the service. We thank God and Sister Shannon, is coming along as a great uh, Bible teacher, amen, and uh, anointed minister of the gospel, and uh, along with all the media things that she takes care of. And, and uh, of course, there are the rest of you that are doing the various things. So I understand, you know, we, we've got a skeleton crew here, but the, at least we've got the skeleton, amen, and the Lord can fill it out. <laughs> Praise God. So... Uh, Hallelujah. And it all fits in, in, uh, in, uh, Acts, which we'll read in a minute, but it all fits, fits in what, uh, the church, early church was called to. It says locally, basically locally, regionally, and then to the world. And that's how we feel. Amen. That's the mission of our church is, uh, it's always about the gospel and it's always about reaching the next person. And, uh, we're just not going to be one of those little weird charismatic bless me clubs. We're just not going to be. Now we're going to get blessed and we're going to have the move of the spirit and we're going to have all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But I've seen churches that they, they just, that's as far as they got. And you, 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 you start not having any purpose other than just go and have a, a, a fest of some sort. <laughs> Amen. So we want to we want to receive every manifestation, every expression of the Holy Spirit, and at the same time realize that it's all to build us to be a witness. Amen. Amen. So I thought a little preaching tonight on the Great Commission. Now, it's not the great one thing. One person said it's not the great suggestion. It is a commission. Mark sixteen. Uh, uh, 15. We're going to read down through verse 20. Uh, that's the great commission. Again, it's not, it's not the great suggestion or the great idea or the great hint or the great clue. <laughs> Amen. It's a commission and it's also not the great sentence. And some people act like, well, I've got to go preach. You know, they have this, this attitude on them like they've been sentenced to go clean out the sewer line somewhere or something, you know, it's, 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 it's like a, a sentence, you know, or go break up rocks at San Quentin or something. 
you know, this is not the great sentence. It's not the great curse, the great heavy burden. And man, I've been in church my whole life and so much of it has been presented as the heavy burden. And, well, you know, we, we gotta go as if it, like, if, like you've been, you know, ordered at gun, you know, at the end of a gun to leave your house and belongings and, you know, get on the, the bus to the concentration farm or something, you know, and, and that's just not the right heart. Some, something's wrong. A, a preacher who preaches like that and talks like that, there's something wrong with them. I'm telling you, they need to take a sabbatical or go have a donut or do something because, uh, it's, that's just craziness. Um, it's a privilege. Like Brother Hagan said, it pays to obey God. It doesn't cost. Well, they have to leave everything behind. No, where did the leave everything behind thing come from? It's, it's not scriptural. And, uh, so, um, we, we, uh, we know that God, the word says that, uh, and we've read it recently, the last two weeks or so, three weeks, that the laborer is worthy of his hire. Amen. And so, uh, uh, when I, when I, when we go, like even on mission trips, like this one that's coming up ne- next month, we go on mission trips, um, you know, we believe God in the budget of the mission, you know, for, for us some pay, so some, some money that we can like pay our bills and, and live on. Amen. And I, I don't, I don't say that with, with shame or, or I'm sorry to say I have to take a little. No, praise God. It's, that's God's will. Yeah. Amen. Paul said that those that preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Yeah. Amen. And if you begrudge the preacher, uh, you know, a housing allowance or some pay or whatever, then you, you got a problem. <laughs> Something's wrong with your heart. And, uh, I don't know. I guess it's from, you know, some, some groups, and I don't like to name names because we're not against anybody, but some groups, you know, they have their ministers take a vow of poverty and all that. It's not in the Word again. It's not scriptural. Paul didn't do it. The disciples didn't do it. Uh, Jesus didn't even do it. And so, you know, they say, well, that's what I think should be. Well, go worship with them then, praise the Lord. And uh, But don't fight a place that's following the New Testament. Amen? All right. Praise God. And say, well, that's, that's a little snarky, Brother David. Well, having coffee in a Starbucks cup is snarky, too. So there. Welcome to the first church of the snarky. Amen. All right. It is Charlotte. PTL used to be there, so there. That's holy to... All right, let's read Mark 16, 15. He said unto them, uh, those that um, were, he appeared to the eleven. That's who he's really talking to here. He said unto them, the eleven, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, you may not believe this or not. I mean, a lot of people think that that means 
when they see the word gospel, that means just anything from the Bible, something inspirational, something nice. Well, that's not going to hurt anybody, but that's not what he's saying. The gospel is a specific message. And you'll find it, we won't turn there right now, but you'll find it in Romans 10, uh, what the gospel is. And the gospel is, is, uh, basically John 3.16. It's basically that God sent his son into the world to redeem the world. Amen. And uh, you'll find it in 2 Corinthians 5.17 through 21 there, uh, talks about what is the message. And it's, um, uh, God was personally present in Christ, uh, reconciling the world to himself. And we as Christ's ambassadors beg you, be reconciled to God. That's the gospel. So the gospel is that particular uh, package. Bill Hybels said it this way in Chicago there. He said there's a package of information that every human being has to hear and has to understand. And Romans says that. How shall they believe in whom they've never heard? And how shall they hear unless there's a preacher? And how shall there be a preacher unless he be sent? Amen. I don't know. I was just all fired up about this today. This is our commission. Again, it's not a suggestion, but at the same hand, it's not, it's not like some draconian, you know, thing around our neck, right? Like a millstone. A uh, heavy burden we have to bear. Brother Hagen said he was, you know, he, Brother Hagen, uh, his background, he, he was kind of born into a Baptist family and, um, they were fine with him till he spoke in tongues and then they, he said they, he got the left foot of fellowship from the Baptist. And, uh, I think his grandmother told him, said there's a preacher down here that's preaching like you believe, like you believe. There's He's preaching like you believe. And he went down there. It was the first full gospel meeting he was ever in. And uh talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit and all that. But, again, it's a, it's a privilege to serve God. It's a privilege to be an evangelist, a pastor, a Bible teacher, uh, a... Uh, a prophet, whatever you're called to be. Amen. And, uh, Scarlett, Pastor Scarlett and I counted a privilege to do the work of God. Amen. Um, Brother Hagan said he was, so from there, you know, he joined the assemblies of God. Praise the Lord. If you can't be on the A team, the B team's not so bad. It's a joke for Church of God people. Uh, they're just a little strange. But um, somebody said, what's the difference in Assemblies of God and Church of God? I said, Burger King and McDonald's. <laughs> About like that. Um, he was later, you know, a part of the Voice of Healing uh, which was, uh, the, the great healing revival in America, uh, from, um, 1948 to, uh, basically 58, 59, somewhere in there. And, uh, he was a part of that. And, um, 
So he met a lot of Pentecostal preachers and tent revivalists and people from that era that were still alive, like in the 80s. <laughs> Brother Hagin's ministry had just exploded, you know, and he's got this huge campus and everything going, you know, and he kind of blew past a lot of them. <laughs> he's the same age, but they're like, some of them running a funeral home, one other guy's selling cars, somebody else has got an insurance agency. Their ministry was way bigger than Brother Hagin's in the 50s, and he just was driving around to meetings, you know. And then all of a sudden, he just took off, you know, like like people couldn't believe it. So he's got this campus. So now these guys, you know, these old guys, they want to come visit him. <laughs> so they would drive up, you know, in their Cadillac or Buick or whatever. Preacher cars, you know, they drive up. I love it. Anyway, this is a certain look, you know, to that. They drive up and get out in their suit, you know, and come to healing school. Brother Hagen would recognize them. Sometimes he'd let them preach. Um, one guy's name was R.W. Culpepper, and he showed up and he, uh, he had a white suit on that day. Praise the Lord. Just a certain style, you know. 50s, 50s voice of healing, healing revival suit. <laughs> he still had the suit, you know. Anyway, <laughs> Brother Hagen had him preach and everything. And, you know, they would, it was just interesting. But, and we were thrilled because we had read about these guys in history books. And all of a sudden, here they are amongst us, you know. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't R.W. Culpepper, but it was somebody else that uh, came to visit one time from that part of Brother Hagin's life, and and they wanted to see the campus. They wanted to have the automobile tour of the campus. So big, you had to drive around on it. You couldn't walk, especially in Oklahoma, where the wind comes rushing down the plain. Half your clothes would be off on the other side of the county by the time you walked across the parking lot. And uh, we used to call the parking lot at Rama the back 40 because it was so huge. And you'd get out there in the wind in February and you know, you get inside and you you can't hear and you can't see and you're you can't feel the you can't feel your fingers and it's cold and horrible. And I used to say, Lord, why didn't you call Brother Hagen to start his ministry like in Florida or California, somewhere kind of cool? No, Oklahoma. Anyway, I said, Well, there's nothing to do here. There's nothing to do but go out to eat. And Brother Hagin said one time, well, that's a good thing because he said, he said, you're there to study the word and get in the ministry. You're not there to go to the beach. So good thing, no beach to go to. You can go stand out in the parking lot. And um, anyway, he said that these guys would get in the car with him and Aretha, you know, he and his wife, brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, they get in the car. And uh, Brother Hagen's driving them around. Now, this is our auditorium, and this is our administration building and our library. And, you know, they got every kind of building, every kind of thing. And driving around, and <laughs> this preacher would say to him, this must be. Now, this is the response to this great thing this man has built from literally from the dirt, like built it from the dirt, you know, on the road for 40 years in an automobile you know, going from place to place and paying the price and doing radio broadcasts and putting out books and, you know, everything on faith. 
And so now the Lord's, you know, the fruit of their labors are there and everything's bloom, blooming and booming and going and blowing and, and, uh, the response you would think is praise God, brother Hagen. Look what God has done through you and Aretha. Oh my Lord. What a blessing. No. You know what he said? This must be a heavy burden to bear keeping all this up. Now you see where people's mentality is. It's no wonder they can't build anything or do anything because it's always negative. To them, to them more means burden, not blessing. Well, God doesn't think like that. God's not more means burden. If that was true, he'd have just taken Noah and the ark all the way up and forgotten it. And said, said that horrible thing. Well, we're after quality, not quantity. Has said the, no pastor of a mega church has ever uttered those words. And actually it's very hateful to say that because it makes it sound like there's some people better than others. And we've got the best at our church. You know. Well, that's just a raunchy attitude to start with. What do you mean? God's totally into quantity. <laughs> Amen. He died. Jesus died for the whole world. God's, God's still having faith for the whole world. And what, it'd be nice if we would just kind of join that. Couldn't have a snotty attitude about it. Try to explain away our failures in some way. So this guy says to Brother Hagen, this must be a heavy. He said he warbled his voice. Heavy burden. So happened to keep all this a going. Brother Hagen said, it's no heavy burden. We've done it by faith and God's blessed us and we're kind of like in hog heaven here. Well, okay, whatever. And you just think, now that's, there's just the difference there and just one, just look in the mentality difference. Amen. I never saw Kenneth Hagin stressed one moment. And they had some stuff, man, that came against them and their ministry. They had two major denominations. I won't tell you who they are, but I've mentioned them already tonight. <laughs> one's headquarters is in Cleveland, Tennessee, and the other one's in Springfield, Missouri. But... uh other than that, you don't know who they are. Who literally put out magazine articles in the late 70s calling Brother Hagen a heretic and, and Rama the, the seat of heresy and uh, just fighting tooth and toenail and said there's a funny story that goes with that. You want to hear my funny story about that? So my pastor, the church my dad started in Smyrna, Georgia, uh, um, the pastor at that time that all these horrible articles were coming out, the pastor was Leon Ellis. And, um, <laughs> boy, things come around, don't they? Leon Ellis. And I'm working for Brother Hagen. I'm reading these articles in two publications, the Church of God Evangel and the Assemblies of God Pentecostal Evangel. They wanted to make sure they were doing it. So, um, I'm reading these horrible articles and they're naming names, taking names and what are they kicking, what do they say, kicking behinds and taking names, you know. So that's what they were doing, boy. And I was so mad. I'm working for Brother Hagen. I got so mad that I called Leon and I said, 
I said, my church membership in the Church of God is at Concord there in Smyrna. And I said, I want you to take my name off the books. And he said, okay. He said, why? I said, well, because, you know, they're, they're attacking the guy I'm working for and, and, and saying horrible things. I didn't mean to get off on all this, but it's kind of fun to listen, isn't it? And so Leon said, Leon Ellis said, I don't blame you. <laughs> he said, I take my name off if I could. <laughs> I love it. I said, all right, I want you to do it. Well, the church clerk, who had been the church clerk there when my mom and dad were the pastors, <laughs> his name was Ron Hale. So he has to be the one to, you know, to actually physically remove the name and, and send a letter to the state office. In, 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 uh, at that time was in Dorval in Atlanta. So he says, he's, <laughs> Ron, uh, so Pastor Leon said, I want you to, I want you to take David Horton's name. He called and said he definitely wants it off the books. So he told Ron and Ron said, I don't think Jerry Horton's going to like that. My mother, he says, I'm going to call her. <laughs> so he calls mother. He says, David wants his name off the books. Mother said, don't do it. She said, transfer it to Mount Perrin. They'll take everybody, you know. It just, that, that's where everybody goes when they don't know where to go. So to put it, put it at Mount Perrin. And, uh, we know the pastor there, Paul Walker, and he'll take it, he'll take and put his name there to save me, you see, from myself. <laughs> Does anyone else find this story funny? I just think this is awesome because of what happened. So, you know, you know what happened is mother, he told mother, don't worry, I got him at Mount Perrin. Okay, good. So I found that out and I said, I am, I used to get up at, at Rayma churches and stuff and I said, I'm a member of the church of God against my will. I'm being held hostage at the Mount Perrin Church of God. Please pray for my immediate release. So I forgot about it. You know, you finally just forget about it and you go on in life and, you know, around the world and building churches and doing things. So one day, you know, I got a call from the state overseer here in Florida, um, and he said, uh, want you to, this was because of Earl Cushman, you know, but he said, I want you to, we want you, basically, long story short, we want you to become, you know, we want you to give you credentials in the Church of God and everything, and that would be really great. And I said, okay, and I prayed, I said, Lord, I'm not going to change anything or do anything different. If they want me, fine, whatever. So I go down there. I don't mean to sound snotty, but you know, just, just, just defending myself here. And, uh, so I said, um, anyway, they, they worked, they're asking me the questions, you know, and he's got all the papers. He's pre-approved from Cleveland. Everybody's on board. He says, now, are you a member of the church of God? And I stopped a minute and I thought, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. And he, he said, are you a member of the Church of God? And I said, as a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> and he goes, okay, where? The Mount Perrin Church of God in Atlanta, Georgia. He goes, Mount Perrin, okay, praise the Lord. 
and moved right along. Here's your stuff. Amen. Thanks to Mother. She saved me in 1979 from mine and Leon Ellis's plan to declare freedom. But anyway, I just think that's an awesome story. <laughs> oh, glory to God. We love everybody. Amen. So, uh, Anyway, I, I just think that that when you, like Brother Hagan was talking about, that guy that was saying, this must be a heavy burden. If your ministry is a heavy burden, there is something off the rails. It's not supposed to be. It doesn't mean there's not times you're going to stand for finances or stand for people or stand for whatever. But uh, if it's just this heavy, like you're pulling a sled across the dirt, you know, loaded down, something's wrong. And uh, somebody might say, why do you go to that church and holiday all the time and preach and stand up there? You know, and uh, sometimes the crowd is smaller than other times. <laughs> What's the deal? And I always say, because I want to. I, if I didn't want to come here, I wouldn't come. Nobody's got a gun to my head, I guarantee you. Praise the Lord. And when it stops, because it, it's fun. And when it stops being fun... I don't know, but I'm just saying for now, the Lord has given Scarlett and I a grace to lead, and this is a part of a bigger ministry and a bigger call. And if you can't see that, probably some things here might frustrate you. But if you can see that, that, hey, what we're doing and providing a base of support, not only financially, but in prayer and in serving and helping, amen, and when there's a conference or a convention, you know, really throwing in some energy and effort into the into the pot. Amen. Um, if you can't see that, you're probably going to be frustrated because we're not. No, no.
Does that work? Oh, oh, all right. I sound kind of more glamorous with mic number five blue. I could sing like Elvis. All right. Um, that just means, it says take up serpents and drink deadly thing. That doesn't mean go join the snake handling church. That's talking about um, anything that comes against you that's deadly. Uh, it will not hurt you. And so we claim that when we when we took the stick and, you know, Hey, you can you can judge me uh, that uh, that I shouldn't have or whatever. You're entitled to your opinion. I don't really care what it is. Uh, and uh, I think sometimes we have to leave people alone, live and let live. Amen. Come on, just relax. And um, but um, if we would not have, we would have not been able to travel and go where we went. When we went, I mean, it, like when we went to South Africa, it was a big deal. Not only did they require us to have vaccination proof, we had to be tested again before we boarded the plane to come back to the United States. And so uh, we, we had read, and I don't need to rehear it, please don't come tell me. Uh, we had read about, uh, you know, some of the side effects or problems that could be or whatever. And everybody, some people have health issues and all that. We didn't really, but we just, you know, read about what could happen, what could go wrong and all that. And we said, yeah, but, you know, if this is stopping us from, from going to the nations, which is our calling, so we're going to have to do it. And we claim that. We claim that. That if we ingest any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. Now, listen, you can claim that. You know, maybe you're a person and you're going through – uh some special treatments or whatever, uh, you know, sometimes like a radiation chemotherapy or some other medication thing. And I'll tell you, if I were you, I'd be claiming that, amen, because they say, well, this can cause damage and da-da-da. But you can say, well, it could, except for I'm a person of faith, amen. And I just say that no deadly substance will harm me in Jesus' name, amen. And go on and do what you're going to do by faith. And don't, don't, uh, you know, get under condemnation or whatever that, well, I've got to do this thing. No, praise God. Uh, amen. Just be a person of the word and, and, uh, claim what you need and stay out of any kind of fear, condemnation or whatever. Amen. Amen. So there, I just said it. I told you. Yeah, we got the stick. So if you want to not be a partner, fine. Praise the Lord. You can go find a non-stuck ministry. Um, and um, so it says, um, um, they shall, and then the final thing was they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Um, and Scarlett can tell you in some of the places we go, the miracles are just so easy, you know, and it has to do with the calling and, and it's the word number one, but it's also the calling and fulfilling that calling that brings a lot of that to pass. Amen. I believe, uh, I'm going to have her tell, come up here a minute and tell a um, 
about the the first trip that we took where you were claiming a thousand souls. And uh, just interesting here with, with this scripture. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received in the hand into heaven, set on the right hand of God. Now, verse 20 is important. It says, and they went forth and preached everywhere. What do you think they preached? The gospel. The Lord working with them. He worked, he works with those who preach the gospel and confirming the word that they preached with signs following. Now, other translations will say the accompanying signs. I love that better. Following sounds like you go do it and 19 years later something happens. No, this is, <laughs> it goes right along with it. Amen. We've got, we've got Rama students there in Tulsa that are still praying about where to go. Uh, it's, uh, I can show you, the Bible tells you where to go everywhere. So start with everywhere, and after you've reached everywhere, then you can pray about where to go next. Well, I just don't know where to go. Well, go everywhere. Can you find a spot in everywhere? <laughs> Anywhere? <laughs> Somewhere? Please. Well, I think that the early disciples were led. Yeah, they were led everywhere, and only one time were they pulled back from going where they were going to go because of the Macedonian call. So, you know, don't give me that. Well, I'm still waiting for my command. Ah, here's Here it is right there. Praise God. Mark 16. Now you can pack your bag and do something or get behind somebody that is. Amen. Come on. Acts 1.8. Are y'all enjoying this at all? Praise the Lord. You like my Leon Ellis story? Brother Leon. I love what he said. I don't blame you. I'd take my name off if I could. It says, um, you shall receive power. Now, see, this is a lot of the, the calling here. But you shall receive power after the, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria. Now, see, those are those are a little bit, you know, uh, the local, a little bit larger. You could almost say for us, like the county, or maybe a tri-county area, or whatever, or the Tampa Bay area, uh, and then it's uh, Samaria. You could say maybe the state of Florida, and finally. Um, the uttermost parts of the earth, which means going to everywhere else, <laughs> right? Um, so there, there's the Great Commission. Now, so I said all that to say this. I want your prayers. Uh, come, we have a trip coming up that has developed over the last 48 hours. We're very excited. It's going to be, I don't know, we've probably figured at least a minimum of 20 services, maybe more that we're going to be doing again. Please pray for me <laughs> and Pastor Scarlett and, and our ministry with that. It's it's jump, jump in a little bug car and drive down roads and end up you don't know where and, you know, they you eat what they feed you, and here we go. But we're going to uh, the, uh, the about the middle of June uh, for just a little over a couple of weeks. But we're going to be going to... Um, Portugal, Spain, um, 
Romania, and finally end up in London. And uh, so those are our services. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so just want to tell you that are watching, amen, we appreciate your uh, support on these trips. Uh, believe it or not, when we show up at the airline counter, they don't just say, oh, you're going to preach the gospel. Here's free seats. Uh, that would be awesome, but it doesn't happen like that. Uh, all things are possible, but I haven't really tried that yet. <laughs> Usually they want a ticket. Uh, now they want a ticket before they even let you get in the line. You can't even get in the line without showing something. So, um, but praise God, you know, we, we appreciate our partners and partnership in helping us to go and also to continue on the work here at home that has to continue. We're just excited about it. So, Scarlett, come tell about the thousand. I know you've told it before, but I think it's worthwhile. Anything you want to share? Okay. My partner in crime. (laughs) I um, was thinking about this this week, and I uh, was reading 2 Timothy 4, 5. It says, uh, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And so, of course, Paul was speaking to Timothy, who was a pastor, and he said, do the work of evangelists. So um, I've, you know, pastored since I was 21, 63 now, so about 42 years, and um, never really did too much evangelistic work in you know, I mean, we did soul winning on the beach, door to door work, you know, but, but not like what we're doing now because I wasn't married to an evangelist. Of course, David's a pastor too, but you know, it's, it's another call, another office that he stands in. And so, um, when we first got married, um, we found out we were going to Brazil. Of course, he's been down there for years and years and years, but it was my first trip. And so I told him, in January of that year, I said, well, we're going to Brazil. I said, let's just believe God. <laughs> you know, I said, let's believe God for a thousand souls. And it seemed like, you know, two million to me, really. And he didn't bat an eye. You know, okay. And I said, well, and a, a thousand people to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, he said, okay. And <laughs> so, so we went to Brazil. Um, you know, we started preaching. I think we did 19 churches down there and within just a matter of <laughs> 10 days or something. Unbelievable. You know, some services were four a day, et cetera. And we were going to different cities it was really something. But anyway, I, I started counting, you know, the altar calls. And I mean, it was like adding up really fast. And, uh, I don't know. I don't even know if we were halfway through that we'd already had a thousand saved and a thousand filled with the Holy Ghost. I said, this is amazing. <laughs> I don't never seen anything like this. You know, it was just so tremendous, the power of God, um, on that office of the evangelist. And that didn't even count all the miracles that people told te- testimonies of at the service, you know, that they were healed of this, that the other, some were walking that couldn't walk, you know, and seeing when they couldn't, they didn't have great vision and all that. So it was really eye opening for me to see that uh, firsthand and to see that um, we can believe God for a lot of people to be touched by this, this gift, this office. Amen. 
And so um, I believe that, you know, we can put our faith out for this in uh, Portugal, in Spain, and in Romania. I think it will be five days in Romania, going to different cities and uh, churches. And then in London, we'll preach, I think, just one service in London. But I believe that we'll see the same kind of results. Amen. There, too. And so um, we are, of course, announcing this to our church first. And we ask for prayer and uh, for live stream, too, that um, we can just do the work of an evangelist. Amen. Praise God. Yes, absolutely. So seed into this trip. And um, it's just like you're being there, too, when you support and sponsor the gospel. Uh, the people who go are are just used by God, just like the people who send them. It's the same teamwork. It's the same um, reward. Uh, you know, my dad was a football player (laughs) he was a professional football player and he told me that there were some positions at the football team and we kind of know this just even if we're not football fans you kind of know that you know the quarterbacks kind of famous and the running backs are kind of famous but nobody really knows (laughs) the linemen too much you know and he was the center you know he he was a two-time all-american center so he was a good center but he said that little boys would run up after the game. Can I have your autograph? And he would give them his autograph, and they'd look at it, and they'd throw it down because <laughs> they didn't know who he was. But the quarterback, you know, or the running backs, boy, they kept those autographs. <laughs> so, um, But the interesting part is when he did play in Canada professionally, they all went to the Grey Cup. You know, it's kind of like our Super Bowl. And he got the same reward as the the quarterbacks and the running backs and, you know, the same financial reward as the rest of the team because he was a part of that team. Amen. Didn't matter if somebody knew his name or not. And I, I think about that with the body of Christ because so many times we don't, we don't really, we might not hear about that prayer warrior praying in the back room, you know, or we might not even think about that nursery worker that was back there when that mom got saved, you know, and uh, same thing with going on the field. You you don't have to go on the airplane for 16 hours, but you get the credit and the teamwork just like what is done. If souls are saved, it's because of you, your support. Amen. And so praise God for that. It's, it's really entering into uh, that joint um, partnership and partakers together of the grace of God. Amen. So we're excited and we thank God for our wonderful church that allows us to fulfill that part of our ministry. And we think instead of being a detriment to our church, we feel like that it really is um, a benefit and an asset to our church. Amen. And um, so we thank God that we can go and we're blessed and you're blessed <laughs> do we have the uh, do we have the words to send the light we could sing it how many like to sing it i i i oh we got it you're going to sing oh my i don't even mother come come play michelle you want to come all the oldies, but Amen. We'll sing uh, 
Send the light. I think and see. I, I don't know. Give me a second. <laughs> There's a call. Okay, see. Hey, Amen. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls saved. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, send the light. And a golden offering at the cross we lay. Send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from home to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Pray that grace where abound send the light, send the light, and the Christ-like spirit everywhere be found, send the light, amen, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Let me not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather for a crown of love. Send the light, send the light. Sunday.